creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. Today on Culture Click, we talk to comedian Ryan Niemiller. Ryan placed third on season 14 of America's Got Talent and claims himself as the triple threat of comedy. We get to see an insight into how AGT changed his life, what kind of comedy Ryan does, and what he's been up to during the pandemic. This is KJ with Ryan Niemiller on Culture Click. So I'm here with Ryan Niemiller. He just finished performing here at uh, Crisco After Dark. Uh, how are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. This was a, a lot of fun. I was. Uh, you never know what to expect uh, with these kind of like late night college. I've, I've done colleges where you know back in the before times, <laughs> you know before pandemic. They're packed. There's a thousand students there. Everyone's rocking. And sometimes they just forgot to advertise it. And there's six people who stumbled in. So you never really know exactly what it's going to be. But this was a lot of fun. Everyone's really supportive and receptive. And uh, they're a little spread out, which makes the energy weird. But it's fun. It's a fun challenge. So I had a really good time. Yeah. And it was it was really great. I had a lot of fun. Um, what If people don't know, you were on AGT season 14. 14, probably one of the greatest seasons that we've had lately. Uh, obviously, you sadly didn't win, but I mean, third place, you still did amazing. Dang. Well, thanks for bringing that up, my my bronze medal. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me of that. I'd finally gotten through all the therapy, finally figured it out. Now, now that, that show has 100% changed my life, and uh, it, it is interesting because like third place is amazing. You know, I, I mentioned this during the performance tonight, but they told us like during my season, there was about 70,000 acts that tried to get on. So like, how could you be upset with getting third out of 70,000? Like that's that it's it's life changing. Like I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be here talking to you if that show didn't, you know, have me in the run didn't go as well. So. That, I mean that that show is is life changing and uh, I'm hooked on the show too now. I didn't use I didn't watch it a ton beforehand. I've had some friends that were on it, so I would watch their stuff, but I never really kind of watched the seasons. And uh, that they got me hooked <laughs> just from being on there. Yeah, my my mom and I always watched the show. It was probably like the funnest stuff that we've ever watched. Like all the acts have always been amazing throughout the years. Even the ones that aren't good are still hilarious just because of how weird some of the stuff that they do. Um, so what, what kind of, or I guess first, first off I should ask, how did you get into comedy? Uh, I was not good at anything else like that. I mean, if, if you kind of want the truth, um, so the kind of long story short version, cause there's a lot more to it than this. Um, so having the disability that I do, I learned really early when I was a kid, like I never got bullied, which is like, that surprises a lot of people. Well, because I would, I figured out how to make the jokes first. And I was so much better at them than anyone else that everyone was like, oh, this guy's cool. We like him. He makes me laugh. Uh, and it sort of planted the seed early on that, like, if you can get people to laugh, this is going to sound way more sinister than I intend it. But if you get people to laugh, they'll do what you want. You know, so like, like I, I would, um, you know, like one of my roles in high school, for instance, there would be like, we'd be in algebra class and my classmates would be like, okay, Ryan, you need to make the teacher laugh so much that we just don't do algebra today. And I took that as a challenge. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do so. I was always respectful. I never was like, you know, interrupting. But I was like, I'm going to try to be funny enough where he just goes, screw it. All right. We're, <laughs> we're not learning today. Just let's have a day off. Um, then when I got to college, uh, I sort of floundered around a bit, figuring out what I wanted to do. And eventually I got drawn to theater. 
Um, so I have uh, my degrees in theater from Indiana State. I have an acting degree, and and I, I love stage theater to this day. It's uh, it's a passion of mine. But the reason I kind of pulled away from it is I kind of I wanted to tell my own story. I was tired of telling Shakespeare's story. People have told Shakespeare's story. I wanted to tell Ryan Niemeller's story. And, and stand-up was something I always loved and was interested in. It kind of just transitioned that way. And then, uh, you know, about 13 years later, I became an overnight sensation. <laughs> so it worked out, I think. Yeah, it, it worked out pretty good. <laughs> You're content. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> the funniest thing was when I when I heard you were coming here. I am like, okay, I knew I knew of you. I, I remember you vividly from AGT. Um, and I'm like, okay, what's he been doing now? And I searched your name up, and it popped up on your website. And all I read is triple or how triple threat of comedy. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is the greatest tagline ever. Your logo is like the Jurassic Park thing, but with your arm, and it, it is. Amazing. I love it. So your kind of comedy style is talking all about you. Yes. Yeah, so so I, I always felt it was a little short-sighted. Like people in ability to some people's disability, that's fine. But like, it's important to me to talk about it because especially like as I was doing my run on America's Got Talent, the amount of people, uh, these numbers might be a little outdated, but this was as of like five, six years ago, something around like one in four people in the United States has disability and in entertainment there was only about two to three percent of individuals that they might not even actually have a disability even depicted as having a disability so uh, you know I, I made the comments on AGT you know when I was growing up there was no one who looked like me on television I didn't have any kind of role model and then eventually it just became to the point where it's like well all right well if no one else will do it I'll do it I guess <laughs> and just the amount of feedback I got, you know, there were some people that aren't going to like it and that's fine, but the amount of feedback I've gotten from either people with disabilities or parents of children with disabilities that is like, hey, I'm glad one of us got on television and and actually got put in a positive light. It wasn't like a, oh, because <laughs> yeah. that's also what happens to people with disabilities a lot. It becomes like you have to be this inspiration or it's a it's a sad story. And people like if anytime anyone tries not to feel sorry for me. I'm like, don't. My life's awesome. <laughs> I'm on television. I have the coolest job in the world. Like, my life's cool. Like, I'm not... Why would you feel bad for me? Like, my life's amazing. And and that's kind of the message I try to get out there by not ignoring the fact that I have a disability. Like, it's a part of me. I can't turn it off. You know, it, it doesn't go away. So, um, so I, I like to keep it very personal and observational to my life. Yeah, that's really awesome. I, uh, yeah, I'd say it's it's just about you. Um, yeah, so a lot of comedians just make jokes about themselves and uh, their lives. So, I mean, it, it fits right in with a lot of what people are doing nowadays. Yeah, and it's, I don't think it's much different at all. It's just that my life just happens to have a different thing than a lot of other comics do, you know? But it's still, at the end of the day, just talk about me. Talking about what happened to me when I went here, or when I did, you know, when I was at Taco Bell, this happened here, and, you know, when I'm dealing with my girlfriend, this is the thing that she did, and, like, I have those same problems, too. I just happened to come from the perspective of an individual with a limb difference. Yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about you being on AGT. <laughs> what, what was that experience like? Oh. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, I've thought about auditioning in the past, definitely not gonna do that now. But I've thought about it. So what's it like? It, it's a it's a surreal experience. Um, if, if there's been any 
I mean, there's been a few things I've been able to kind of glean off the pandemic, but one of the biggest positives was like just even having a second to kind of sit back and, and understand the magnitude of what happened. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it was, it was life-changing. I, I had been doing comedy for 12, 13 years before I got on the show. I tried to get on AGT for five years. Like I was wow. actively trying to get on there and just like, you know, I was getting a little closer, getting a little closer before they finally, you know, gave me the shot to audition in front of the judges. And I was like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm going to knock it out of the park. But... It, it, it's such a it, it's hard to explain because for me when I'm performing that's sort of my safe place mm -hmm. that's where I feel like most confident um so like people think I'm just trying to sound like a really cool guy or like nothing gets me but like when I was actually doing the performances and I was on television it was easy yeah and, and maybe easy is not quite the right word but it was natural it felt I was comfortable because like, cause I, I, I had confidence. I knew my jokes were going to work. I knew I belonged there. I was going to... It was more like the second I would get off stage, it'd be like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> oh no. And, and, and just that, that show, it, it changes your life quickly. Yeah. Because even when my first audition aired, uh, I wish I would have got a video of it. Um, I was over at my sister's house and we all watched it together. And the second my, my segment ended... My social media, Blew just up. all these messages just coming in. Bloop, 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 bloop. It was like, it was just constant for hours mm -hmm. just coming through. And like, that was kind of the moment um, that I kind of went, oh, this is something. This, this something is, gonna happen. <laughs> this is big. And so that was actually the harder part to kind of cope with, for lack of a better phrase, to kind of like navigate that. It's like now, for the first time in my career, people know knew you. who I was and they cared, <laughs> you know? So I had to like figure that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it... It, yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle becoming, like, a media sensation overnight. Yeah, and, and it's hard to explain, too. Like, like even if, uh, you know, you did audition, like, I can only tell you so much. Because, like, you don't know until you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's not an exact perfect analogy, so I don't want anyone to get mad at me. But I, from what, like, I think it's kind of similar to what people say when they um, are having, like, their first child. Everyone gives them advice and mm -hmm. tells them, this is what it's going to be like. When we had our kid, this happened, this happened, this happened. And that's all great, but you don't know <laughs> until you have the kid. And that's kind of how AGT felt for me. I had friends that had done really well on that show before. And they were telling me, okay, this is what's going to happen, and then you're going to experience this. And they weren't wrong, but you don't know how you're going to react to it until you're in it. <laughs> yeah, and every season is different. I mean, they had certain competitors that they had to worry about on their seasons, uh, like other comedians, if they were comedians. It, it all just depends on who auditioned and who got in that season. Yeah, it, it's uh, and, and you don't know, and you can't factor in, like, what everyone else does, that's on them. You know, you can't, you can't worry about anyone else's stuff. You can just do the best you can and hope America liked it. <laughs> yeah. So, um... How has COVID-19 affected, like, your bookings and your gigs currently? I mean, you talked about it in your show, but just if people weren't here. Yes. Um, it has been um, – um, I, I always want to put the disclaimer when I talk about this because the pandemic is serious. Yes. People have lost their lives. Like, there's tons of people that have had it worse than me, so I don't want anyone to think I'm tone deaf to that. But yes. just speaking – from someone who is in the business I'm in, it's been rough. Mm -hmm. um, especially, um, you, know, you know, for me, it kind of, I'm still doing okay because I can do enough of these shows. I've done a lot of Zoom comedy. I'm, I'm keeping the lights on. Like, things are okay. But, you know, I, I worked 
13 years to get anyone to notice me. I finally had this big break. I got about six months of being able to be on the road and really like go across the, and then everything shut down. Yeah. So it, so it almost felt like for me personally, career wise, it was just a bit of a tease. I got like a little bit of taste of like, oh, this is what your life can be. And then the world shut down and, and entertainment in general just was hit really hard. Um, and it's not just comedians, you know, it's, you know, live music and magicians and dance yeah. troops and everything else, sports and, you know, everything is kind of, so it, it's, um, it's starting to pick up a little bit now. Luckily vaccines are getting out there. Um, I get my second shot here in a week, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. The lights just went out in here because it's motion centered lights. That's, <laughs> let me stand up and fix that. It happened earlier too when I was just sitting in here and I was like, well, I guess I'm fired. <laughs> they, they decided the show's not happening. That's funny. Um, but, but luckily things are starting to pick up a little bit and the shows are different. Um, and, and I want to say I support the safety precautions. Like I'm, I'm a big proponent of that, but just in kind of a, a, a black and white description, Shows where people are separated and wearing masks are weird still. It, it's different because, like, that's not how my career was built. It wasn't, you know, it's just something you adjust to, and it's the price of if you want shows to happen, this is what we got to do. And you deal with it, and it's I, I support that. But it does take some adjusting. Like, even this, this is a big room. Yeah. And, and, and there was a good turnout. There was, you know, 100 people probably, give or take. It was in that ballpark. About, yeah. And everyone is spread out. Like, basically yeah. everyone has these, like, their own. It's a room that can hold 500, I think they told me, under normal circumstances. And when you get 100 people in 500, a uh, 500 um, seat room, like, it's a it feels desolate. It yeah. feels very strange. And, and you can kind of tell even, like, at the beginning of my set, there's, like, this feeling out process of, like, mm -hmm. Okay, how do I win this whole crowd over when it's such like a sep everyone's separate pockets? And uh, so it's just been a new challenge to figure out that. And uh, hopefully, you know, there's we're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel. We're not quite there yet. So I need to be cautious, but um, hopefully I can kind of just get back to it and, and pick up where I left off. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon you'll be able to go back on the road even more and get to enjoy those moments again. Exactly. I, I miss getting to go to, like, Applebee's. It's, <laughs> a, 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 as silly as that sounds, but, like, that's one of the best things. Like, you get, like you do the shows with the comics, and you're like, okay, let's go get some food now. And you just, like, you hang out at a Denny's or an Apple or something like that, and you just enjoy. And, like, right now, you just don't feel like you can do that. Mm -hmm. You kind of just have to, like, okay, I got my mask, I got all this, I need some uh, sanitizer, and then I'm going to go back to the hotel and no one can get near me for the next, <laughs> you know, so it's... Uh, I'm just looking forward to getting to have that part of it back. Yeah, so um, after AGT and you getting to travel, where where all have you traveled and performed? Uh, I mean, if you want a comprehensive list, I can't give you that because it's, <laughs> it's been a bit of a whirlwind. But, um, you know, I, I was I was literally on the road nonstop, like, during the whole pro, Even, like, during AGT, like, when I wasn't needed at the show, I was touring. So, you know, I've got to do... Philadelphia, you know, Minneapolis, Oklahoma City, Seattle, Los Angeles, Vegas, you know, Orlando, Florida. I got to go to Canada for the first time ever, which Ooh. which was cool. So I got to do like Calgary and um, I think Winnipeg and one other. Like time has no meaning anymore. I can't remember <laughs> this stuff. But, you know, even just getting to do that, like for me, that's cool. It's the first time. I mean, some people might just be like, Canada, who cares? It's Canada. But <laughs> I, I never got to go to another country. That was yeah. the first time I'd ever been out of country. Yeah, that's really awesome. And, and I got paid to do it. Like, they, they paid me to be there. True. Um, it's just surreal. So, um, I mean, I've been coast to coast, and 
And honestly, like, you find some places that are really cool that you wouldn't maybe expect on paper. Like, like, like this will surprise a lot of people when they always ask, like, what's your, like, what's your favorite place to perform? It's Salt Lake City, Utah. Interesting. And that's, like, on paper, you wouldn't think that. Because there's always the jokes about, like, oh, Mormons are boring and they, you know, like, all that, yada, yada, yada. But, like... They treat you amazing. Like they, they love comedy. They're excited that you're there. They, they know who you are. They do the research. They know who you are ahead of time. They're super supportive of the club. Like, everyone's nice there. Like, like not to, I won't name names, but like not every city is as welcoming. Just outside of comedy, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's certain cities where you're like, I'm just gonna stay in the hotel. Yeah, <laughs> understandable. Like, you know, um, but Salt Lake City, like. You just go around and everyone's just like, hey, how are you? I'm like, they don't know who I am, but hey, good to see you. You know, it's 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 just such a, and I would have never thought that ahead of time, having never been to Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, so it, it's been really cool just to get to experience the, the country a little bit. Because I grew up dirt poor. We didn't get to mm -hmm. go on vacations. You know, going to grandma's house was our vacation growing <laughs> up. And it's like, that doesn't really count, mom. But like, we love grandma, but that's not a vacation. Yeah. That's, so like so even now I'll get excited to go to like Tulsa Oklahoma, because I'm just like cool. What's what's in Tulsa? I don't yeah, know Tulsa. What's there? Let's have fun. So it's been uh, I'm looking forward to that part of thing and just to see some new places and get to just experience a lot of the country that I never got to growing up. Yeah, I I always think it's exciting to travel, uh, even if it's just to smaller cities like here in Winona. Yeah, I'm in Winona, and a lot of people are like, "What? Where?" And I'm like, "I bet there's some cool stuff you could find here. Oh, I, yeah. I, I bet there's some just interesting, even just the people getting to talk to some of the you know people who are at the show tonight. Just like you get these interesting perspective. Like you just there's interesting people everywhere. There if are. if you're kind of willing to you know put yourself out there and give places a chance, you mm -hmm. know like. Winona is probably not, you know, this big tourist hub that like everyone's like, we got a weekend off, we're going to Winona. Like that's not. Nope. Yeah, it's not a thing that exists. But like, it's a college town. Yeah, but you could have some fun here. Yeah, I so. mean, it's 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 really interesting too because like, um, I've been here three years now. Um, I grew up literally thirty minutes away from here. Okay. I did not know this place existed. <laughs> I my parents never brought me here. Uh, I came and visited my freshman year in high school, and I fell in love with the place. And I'm like, I, I want to go here. Like, I want to meet people here. And throughout my college career, I have met some of the greatest people you can ever meet. A lot of them are from Minnesota, but a lot of them are from out of state. My roommate is Sri Lankan. Yeah. She is She is amazing. She's an amazing person, and I, I just love it here. It's, it's an amazing community. Well, they, they've treated me well in the one day I've been here. So I, I will say, I do not... Uh, we gave you suggestions on where to eat and yeah, get yeah, some good coffee here yes. in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I have gotten that. So uh, so in, in the one day I'm going to be here, 10 out of 10. <laughs> it would have been great. I mean, hey, you never know. You can come back at some point. I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> Maybe when everything clears up. Well, so yeah, more. we'll try it again, see if we can get 200 people in this place. <laughs> Just to get 200 people? Okay. Um. So... Kind of one thing I want to ask, it's a little on the spot. Uh, well, actually, you told a lot of funny stories. Okay. Uh, so do you mind telling a funny story or a funny joke, whatever you decide, just so people can, if they're interested after listening to this, they can go and listen to you more and see. If they haven't seen you on AGT yet, go and watch that. Uh, see, that, that's the like that's the thing there. I, I would recommend, if anyone's trying to get like just like a, at least a little sample of what I do. 
AGT is a good place to start. Like, yeah. that, like that's. Okay, but then we gotta talk about the fact that <laughs> your AGT jokes, amazing, hilarious. You come here, we were like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that, that is true. It's one of the things. Um, uh, I can be a little bit more um, off the cuff in person for shows. We'll say that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anything I do is vulgar per se, but it's not ABC PG primetime midweek <laughs> <laughs> weekday Bible Belt comedy. Understand. <laughs> it's well, a little yeah. different. So, uh, but but that was always something that for me was important. Even when I started comedy, um, I didn't want to ever pigeonhole myself into one thing or mm -hmm. another because because a lot of people will suggest like. Man, don't do, don't just don't do clean comedy. Like, just oh, you gotta speak from your heart. Do what you wanna do. And some people are like, only do clean comedy because then you don't have to. Like, everyone will book you everywhere. Yeah. Um, and the way that I kind of looked at it is, I wanted to do both. Um, I never wanted to have to turn down a gig mm -hmm. because I couldn't do what they wanted. Yeah. So, so for some shows, uh, you know, um, I, I'll, I'll do shows like like AGT. Like that's kind of a big example. That. You clearly can't curse. You clearly yeah. can't. There's, there's, you know, there's no, you can't reference, you know, sex or drugs or the stuff that's like common sense that like, okay, you don't do that. And it's their show. And if you aren't comfortable with that, you don't do it. Yeah. You don't audition for yeah. it. Uh, but then I've also done some shows, like I've done roasts and I've, I've done shows at like. Oh, and, roasts are and, the best. Yeah. And I've done stuff at like, you know, like kind of like rowdy dive bars. Where, where if you go there talking about, like, eh, isn't bacon weird? Like, they're going to eat you alive. Because, like, no, they want to be, they want they kind of want to be, like, made fun of. And they want to yeah. hear dirty words they like. And, like, so, and, and I didn't want to ever have to, like, I didn't want to be intimidated by either. Mm -hmm. So, um. So you're the jack of all trades. I, I try to be. I, I never wanted to, uh, I, maybe it's just from growing up at a trailer park. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we grew up really poor. There were six of us in a single wide trailer park. 100% true story. I didn't own a bed until I went to college. Oh, wow. That was the first time I had an actual bed. Um, uh, we, we, we were, you know, we got, we ate and we, you know, we were close, but like we didn't have a lot of frills. And um, so for me, just kind of as I got older, it was really important for me to be like, I never want to like have to turn down money, mm, you uh, know, to yeah. work just because I, like, I, because like, oh, I decided I was only going to do this and they needed this and now I'm, I can't do it. Uh, I never wanted that to be the case with me. So um, uh, I don't know if that quite counts as like a funny story per se, I but mean, at least it's a it's a little insight into what I do. And uh, you're going to get a little bit of everything. Like um, if you want to see a, a dirty show, you can come see a dirty show. Yeah. If you want to see a clean show, I do those too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like you can get whatever you want. I can, I can make it happen. Yeah. And I mean, even no matter what you do, it's hilarious. Thank you. That's the important thing. I'm very talented. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the, th I'm the third most talented person in America. On the 14th season. Yes, officially. Yes. officially. No, no, I, I'm, I'm riding that way forever. I'm the third most talented person forever. <laughs> forever, okay. Yes. I was I was tempted when you were, when someone said, when you mentioned that during your show, I was tempted to say, but what about Preacher Lawson? Uh, I, I, well, I mean, it's funny, like, I'm friends with Preacher. Mm -hmm. we, we get along fine. Like, we're, we're buddies. We're both doing well. I'm very happy for him. I did finish higher than him. He, you did. He, he was just top ten. He was uh, he was bottom five. You did. In his season, I got third place. I, I don't want to. I don't want to rub Sultan's wounds or anything. Now clearly he's doing well. Like yeah. he's 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 crushing it, and I, and I love preacher. But according to AGT, 
I'm more talented than Preacher Ross. More talented. <laughs> okay, you heard it there. Get this to Preacher so he can hear exactly. it. Exactly, get it there. I would, I would tell it to his face. <laughs> it, it, it was a funny thing. Like, this is 100% true. So, um, I didn't know Preacher until I was already in AGT. Mm -hmm. uh, Samuel J. Comro, who was on the season before me, he's another comedian. He has, um, he has Tourette's Syndrome. Um, and, and he got fourth place on the season before me. So, like, I kept, I was taunting him the whole year. I was like, dude, I'm going to finish ahead of you. I just want to beat you. Because, uh, you know, my season had Cody Lee, who was a buzzsaw on that show. Like, no yeah. no one was beating Cody Lee, and, that, and that's fine. Yeah. But I was like, I got to do better than Sam. <laughs> I got to be able to rub this in his face. So, like, when I was on stage, uh, I thought we were going to tie. So when we got to, like, the, when they were announcing, I made the top five, and they announced that. And then you have the five acts up there, and they start announcing. Yeah. Voices of Service, who I love, got fifth place. Yeah. And I kind of looked at, like, Cody Lee, who was the winner. Detroit Youth Choir, who had this big following and a great story. I was like, they're probably ahead of me. And then V Unbeatable, who is the, the big dance troupe big from dance uh, troupe. from yeah. India, who I thought, they were my favorite act the entire year. I thought they were just amazing. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, they're the best act, I think. So they're going to beat me. So I was like, am I going to tie Sam at fourth place? And then when V Unbeatable got fourth, I, I was shocked. But like part of me in my head immediately went, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please meet Sam. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Oh, that's great. So, do you do, you do other, uh, do you do shows, like, with some of the other comedians from AGT, then? Um, occasionally. Um, it, it's one of those situations where, for the most part, we're all friendly. Like, we all know each other. Um, Jackie Fabulous, who was on my season as well and uh, made the semifinals, I had actually known her since we both started comedy. I had known her. That was, like, seeing her when we were at AGT was the first time I'd seen her in 10 years. Oh, so, that wow. was a really cool thing. Um occasionally we'll do shows together it doesn't happen super often and the reason for that is if you do well enough on agt you can headline shows mm -hmm. so you kind of are doing your own thing and, and yeah. not that not that everything has to be financial but like it makes more financial sense to do your own show than split that with you know so we all get along um, that's the, the cool thing about um agt team comedy on that show is super supportive like we want one of us to win yeah so um it, it was it was just super cool because like even people you know i knew sam and uh taylor williamson who got runner up a few years before that i've known him for a long time so i knew them but some of the other comics like when i started having a good run um tom cotter who got runner up on one of the early seasons um he reached out to me like i've never met him in person oh, but wow. we're kind of buddies now because he's very supportive and then um Preacher, you know, Preacher reached out to me. Drew Lynch was very, you know, supportive because he did well, too. I love Drew. And, and, and I've only met Drew once. I've never met Preacher in person. I've never met Tom in person. You know, like Piff the Magic Dragon, who's, you know. Oh, he's, he's my favorite. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good friends now. Like, we're legitimate friends. And, and it was just because he liked what I did on AGT. And he was like, I like this guy and he's funny. So yeah. I'm going to support him. <laughs> I, I did, I did his, uh, one of his virtual shows over the summer when oh, everything was cool. kind of shut down. Uh, when when we all kind of get a little bit more opened up, uh, I have an open invite to come hang out with him in Vegas and just like see. His... So it's just like, it, it, it's so cool how supportive that AGT family is because like it's competitive when you're there. You want to win, but you don't want to win because someone else screwed up mm -hmm. or someone else failed. You just want to do your best and succeed. Um, it's it's like a it's almost like summer camp. It's something that like you're together in this moment and not many people get to do it, and so. You get this bond with everyone. Like it's it's like like even even people you never would have thought, like 
Um, you know, the fact that, like, I'm friends with, like, you know, some of the families, you know, of, like, the kid acts. Like, I, like, I, I mean, I made jokes on stage. I don't like kids. Kids scare me. Yeah. When you have a disability, kids are mean. They, they can come for you. But even that, like, just, like, because they're going through the same stuff. Like, mm -hmm. it, it was interesting. I was like, I'm with, why am I hanging out with these 12-year-olds? Like, like, I have nothing in common with that. Like, like they annoy me. This is weird. And, I, and I'm, like, just this comic who just, like, like who cares? But, like, you're in it together, and, like, you're in the trenches, so you're, like, hanging out, and you're all having bre everyone's having breakfast, and you're talking, and it's it, it's just, like, a really cool family dynamic, and uh, I've, I've made from friends for life off of that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm, I'm glad to see, because, I mean, it's a competition, end of it all, but I'm glad to see that people are still able to connect and uh, make friends and just become a big, happy family, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, most of the people who took it too seriously or were too, like, hyper-competitive... They didn't last long. Yeah. Because they they're they're too in their own head. Mm -hmm. They they don't like the the thing that I, I really wanted to hammer home to myself, and it was really helpful because like my mom was there for a lot of the the run, and I love my mom. Just seeing how, because like when you're in it, you can get really jaded with everything that's going on, you know, because it's like it's a lot of pressure, and it's like oh you got to beat these people. If I don't do better than them, this is gonna happen, and like this could make my career. And you're, but just seeing how excited my mom was to be there. Like, like th this is like a, a, just a small little anecdote. I don't know if anyone even remembers this show. But for the for the judge cuts, they do it on um, a TV studio at Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. And my mom got interviewed for part of, like, my segment because she was there. And she got to sit in one of the houses. They did the interview in one of the houses that was used for the show Desperate Housewives. <laughs> and my mom was like, I'm in the house from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> it was, like, the most exciting thing in the world to her. And, like, our studio was right down the, um, the, the little street on the lot from where they film uh, Family Feud with Steve Harvey. Oh, that's And my awesome. mom's, like, driving by this, and she's like, I mean, I can see Steve Harvey. Like, seeing how excited she was kind of put it into perspective, like, this can make my career. And, like, there is some pressure, but, like, enjoy this as well. Because, mm -hmm. like, this should also be fun. Like, no one gets to do this, so have fun while you're here. Yeah, it's a once-in-a-lifetime lifetime opportunity. Exactly, exactly. And, uh... Luckily, it worked out for me. I was, I was very content <laughs> with how it ended. Yeah, it, it, was, it went really good. Um, so, final question. Probably, yes, the most easiest question out sure. of the bunch. If people are interested, where can they listen to more of you and find out more about you? So, the easiest way, I'm very interactive with it on here. Um, social media, so I'm on all the, the big ones, the Facebook, the Twitters, the Instagrams. That's at CrippleThreat8. That's the number eight. Uh, clearly there was seven cripple threats before me, but I've, uh, I've risen to power. I am the eighth of my name. You couldn't, you couldn't get three? I couldn't, no, no, I had Aww. to do it. Um, it, it's kind of funny. So the guy on Instagram who just has the cripple threat name, we've kind of become buddies now <laughs> because, and, and I wasn't trying to steal the screen of my, I'm happy with cripple threat eight. Eight's my favorite number. I've used that name for everything for a long time. So like, I, I'm cool with it. But when I was first, when my first audition on AGT aired, people were messaging him on accident because they, they were forgetting the eight. <laughs> and then he reached out to me and he's like, dude, I don't watch AGT. I don't care about the show, but it seems like people are excited for you. So congratulations, man. <laughs> and, and then we just got to chatting a little bit. He's another person with a disability. So like we just kind of got along and now we're kind of buddies, you know, like, so. That's great. Yeah. So, so you can, uh, so find me on the social medias there. Um, I also have a, a, a podcast that I do um, every week. It's called The Cafeteria. Um, so I do it with a couple of, uh, of my best friends in the world. So number one is uh, Johnny Loquasto. Uh, I've known him since, I think, two months into comedy. 
we just really got along great. He was most recently, he was, uh, he's a funny com uh, comedian, but he was also a, um, announcer who worked for WWE. So he's a big pro wrestling oh, guy too. Okay. Uh, I love pro wrestling. That, that was kind of our original bond. We were both big wrestling nuts. Uh, and then the third person, um, is another good friend of mine. Before I moved from Indiana, we actually lived a mile away from each other is Brent Terhune, um, who... A lot of people don't know him by the name, but you probably have seen his videos. He blew up during the pandemic. He did a character, and I, I'm not trying to get political and not give sides, but he did a character of someone who was, uh, it's like a satire character of someone who is very uh, pro-Trump, but he's actually kind of anti-Trump. And the things he said, he's got a big burly, like red beard. People have seen oh, the videos probably. I, like, I recognize it, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's one of my best friends in the world. Like I said, he, we lived a mile away from each other when we both lived in Indiana. Um, so we do a, a weekly, so it's called the cafeteria and basically the theme is uh, we're trying to like recreate those moments. Like when you used to be in school and you maybe only get to see your friends at lunch. And then when you're at the table, you just talk about the dumb things you thought of in the morning. Like, like you're like, what's the, what's the biggest animal you think you could beat in a fight? <laughs> you know? And we just talk about stuff like that. Or like, what's the, what's your weirdest like Halloween costume you've ever done? And we just talk about things like that. So it's just, it's kind of like an off the cuff kind of fun, uh, experience so um, we're, awesome. i'm really proud of that so you can do there and then crippledrett.com uh, if you want to see me on tour uh, i'm starting to travel a little bit i think the closest i'm going to be to here um is june 3rd through 6th i'm at the house of comedy in minneapolis i bit the mall of america uh there so i'm excited to come back and uh, a little bit of normalcy yeah well thank you ryan so much for uh coming here to our little college town and uh just Giving us a laugh in this all of this time right now. Well, I appreciate you having me. It was uh, it was an honor to be here. It was a lot of fun. So uh, I can't wait to come back. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks again to Ryan Niemiller for the interview. To learn more about Ryan and about any of his upcoming projects, go to cripplethreat.com. To stream today's episode or any other episode of Culture Click, go to kqal.org under the podcast tab. This is KJ on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.